is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm still kind of bamboozled by Uncle Chen, the 50-year-old Chinese marathoner who smokes like a chain smoker through a whole marathon. So I'm, I'm just contemplating it the, the, the whole day yesterday. I'm like, how does that work? Guy's 50 years old. He's just lighting up Paul Miles or Lucky Strike, probably filterless, right? Running like a madman three and a half hours in a, in a, in a, in a marathon. I mean, this is a guy that placed like 575 or four out of 1,500. So I'm thinking to myself, how does that work? And then I remembered, you know, you were talking about having a cigar. And then when I, you know, I was, used to have a cigar with Tunch, right? You know, I never felt like doing anything like that. But then I remembered he wanted, he liked to smoke while he was having a cigar while he was walking. He said it was like weightlifting oh. for the lungs. <laughs> Stop. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Try to unpack that one, buddy. Listen, you can't you can't just drop these bombs like right in the, right in the opening monologue. Here. <laughs> I've got to adjust. I got I got to warm up. You know what I'm saying? Like like you talk about the weightlifting for, for weightlifting. For yeah, that your was lungs. touch. He goes, yeah. He goes, it's like weightlifting for your lungs. Oh my god, that is. Uh, you know, I, I you know, I don't even know what to say. I yeah. mean, it, but it. Is it a curl? Is it anaerobic? I mean, are we doing concentric and eccentric? I mean, there's so many more questions left to ask on that. On that, so much more meat on that bone. <laughs> oh, that was chluch, man. Why, Tunch? Why? <laughs> you didn't give you us the us answer. The mysteries of faith here. Come on. <laughs> oh man, Chluch oh. was what a treat he was. I miss him oh, every that day, is, every single day. Yeah. Man. That is a that is an absolute <laughs> gem wolf right there. Oh, he man, was beautiful, gonna, man! Oh yeah, man, I, I'm gonna use that excuse on my wife next time. Why are you smoking that cigar? Well, it's weightlifting for my lungs. <laughs> there you go. I'm just getting better, baby. Don't worry, hon. It's a 45 minute thing. Don't worry. I, I'm gonna stay hydrated with this bourbon as well. Don't worry. <laughs> Safety first. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to throw my hat into the ring today, it's Donut Friday. I walked by, there were some little duck donuts there, and you got bacon, and, and you know, oh. I lost it. I just, I just like hornswoggled a couple of donuts, l- man. L- listen, duck donuts has been a fave in this household for oh, years. Aren't they wonderful? Because, well, because we we first discovered um, in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, right. It was it was during a family reunion um, weekend, um, and I'll never forget. It was my father in law. He's like, Max, you got to try these donuts. They're so amazing. <laughs> I'm like, it's a donut. I mean, what 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 else can you do to it? Like, I've been to Voodoo Donuts. I've been to Portland and had those at the right. original Voodoo Donut. Um, I've had. Big C's donuts. I've had Randy's donuts in L.A. I mean, I've had donuts. So I'm like, really? Just, just you know, simmer down. It, it, it's, a, it's a donut shop in Ohio, okay? I mean, yeah, it's cool. And I was severely mistaken. Yes. I, I, I was wrong. And then my buddy, one of my good friends, Matt, who lives um, in Columbus, he was like, uh, Max, 
go get those do- duck donuts. I was like, oh, oh, don't you worry, Matt. I've already had, but I'll partake again. And I went a second time with my buddy Matt. And so now I'm an addict. And we had duck donut. There was duck donuts down there in uh, Charlottesville. Oh, yeah. Um, when I was doing the UNC UVA game, which, by the way, I know we didn't touch this, but I mean, prayers to the family of oh, the victims yes. at UVA, you know, University of Virginia. They actually canceled their game for this Saturday. Um, kind of dealing with the aftermath of oh um, of the shooting that took place, and especially to the the the, you know, the football players, and you know, it's just a sad situation all around. So I do want to take a moment to say thoughts and prayers with the families um, of those affected, and the entire university and student body, all their friends um, that they have. You know, a lot of these kids did not anticipate this. You know, you played a game together. You're going on a trip, and you're thinking, oh, I'll be back, get ready for football, and then life ha- life has a way of uh, changing that. Um, so we do send our thoughts and prayers. Uh, just when, just, just crossed my mind again when, I, when we were exactly. talking about Duck Donuts, so I wanted to make sure I, I, I addressed that. Yes, absolutely. You know, that is just – it's uh, it's terrible what's going on at times. You know what I mean with the, the, the things and, you know, the heck with it. We're going to talk football, but yeah, condolences yes. and prayers out, and a lot of love out to the people who are hurting today. I mean, that's oh my Max, it's yeah, tough, yeah, yep. tough hey, stuff. I know. Okay, I know. But yes, you know what? It, you know what? Wolf. You know what? Wolf. It, it is. It is a football Friday, though. It is a football Friday, my friend, and, and it is. Uh, it is our breakdown, right? We're breaking it down. Yes, that's right. Breaking it all the way down. Like a soul train line. That's what we're going to do today on this show. I don't have much rhythm, buddy. <laughs> that, that's okay. That's okay. Don't worry. We're going to find a beat that's comfortable for you. Wolf. There you go. We're working there it we now. Go. Oh, yeah, yes. we are. We are, man. Let, but uh, let me start we, this you, off. You start. Okay. You start it. Here, because I got a concept for you. One of the things I love to do was, of course, I, I spent years training in the martial arts. I just love this stuff. You know, and it just is great in my gym and everything like that. One of them was Kali. Kali is the indigenous art of the Philippines, right? It's a basically, uh, um, it's an art that uh, really emphasizes the fact that empty hand and weaponry can be used in the same way, you know, empty hand or not. Um, One of the concepts of Kali is defanging the snake. And that's certainly, you you know, you knock the, the, you pull the the fangs out of the snake, the thing is harmless, right? Unless, of course, it's a python that ate a five-foot alligator down in the Everglades. I don't know if you saw that one. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's that's really hungry. You've got to be hungry to take an alligator and eat that thing. All right, but regardless, you defang the snake, you make it harmless, and... This is what I'm thinking you got to do in Cincinnati. Look, you got a five-headed Hydra. You got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd is the wide receivers. Joe Mixon is a running back, and Hayden Hurst has got almost 40 passes he's caught already. I mean, this is this is a, a group of guys offensively that can get the job done, but it's going to start going after Joe Burrow's being able to mix up coverages, being able to disguise them a little bit, but getting pressure with the big four is going to be huge. You gotta pull those fangs out of Joe Burrow. Yeah, no, you you absolutely have to. I mean, this is you know, I don't know if you watch this show. It's on uh, Nat Geo's called uh, the uh, Doctor Pole. He's like, yeah, I've vet. seen that uh, dude before. It's oh crazy. man, the incredible Doctor Pole. I mean, you know, and so one of the things you know you have to 
come in with a calm mindset, right? Make sure the animal does not sense the fear hormone. You know oh, what I'm saying? Right, that pheromone right, you right, give off right. of fear. So you have to come in with confidence, and you have to come in as your equal. You can't walk in feeling nervous, inadequate, or feeling like you don't belong, right? Because the animal senses that. Right, right. And it picks up on that. And what is what what is the nature of any beast, just like we were talking about a python trying to eat an alligator, right? A snake's natural instinct is to bite. Right. Right? Well, the instinct of the individual encountering that snake and knowing what its nature is, you take the proper precaution. And that's what the Steelers have to do. You have to take the proper precautions before you go step in there with that animal. And oh, I was going to say, what, you got to wear cowboy boots? You know, because snakes can't strike up above the knee. So if you wear cowboy boots, you know, you're, you're pretty safe there. I mean... I mean, they, they, they can lunge and strike hands. I mean, they, I mean, they, they can sense vital organs, Wolf. I mean, I mean, come on. The cowboy boots will help me, but. Uh, you give me the opening and, you know, I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I know. You, you were ready. You were ready. You're like, <laughs> cowboy boots. Next question. <laughs> Done with this topic. Solved it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Ooh, 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 I got this one. I got this Horshack. one. Horshack. Horshack from uh, <laughs> yeah. whatchamacallit. Oh, oh welcome gosh. Back, uh, yeah. yeah, welcome back, Connor. Thank, yeah. Thanks, oh, Horshack. Oh, 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 Mr. Cotter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, man. Gosh, that's, that's awesome. That's an awesome <laughs> reference to get it on a Friday morning. Um, it's because of the donuts, but, buddy. I'm donut smart it, this morning. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sugar high is always good. <laughs> you might be, you might be doing the second hour all by yourself. As I yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say the, the crash. It's like you're like wolf, wolf. Yeah, yeah. Duck, 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 duck. Goose. Uh, yeah, and I'm the goose. Yes. Um, no, um, but but the pro- it's taking the proper precaution. Yes. So if you are dealing with someone like you said, you're dealing with a five headed monster, right? You're dealing with a hydra. <clears throat> the first thing to do is identify what the issue is, right? A lot of those individuals you named aerial combatants, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that you – so for the secondary, how, how, how can you be smart? How can you make sure you limit what both these twin skyscrapers can do between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins? Uh, and then also with Hayden Hurst running the middle. Pass rush. Yep. Pass rush. And you got to have man, it. And five-man pass rush. Drop six into coverage, right? If you could hit with TJ, with Alex Highsmith, Larry Ogunjobi, with Cam Hayward, um, you know, we'll see what DeMarvin Leal can give us um, in that. But if not, you know, you do have Isaiah Loudermilk. You do have Chris Chris Wormley, right? Right. They've already been in this rotation. That is going to be the meat of this. Um, And, you know, I like the way that, they started last week, right? You eliminate Alvin Kamara from the equation. And like you said, this is the same offensive line we saw week one. Have they gotten better? Yes. But have they really been tested like what we're going to give them as a test? No. I don't think they've seen a better group up front um, so far this season. And I think that is something that if you can get that early, you can get them to be reminiscent of what week one was. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're now defanging. You're now defanging them. Exactly. You're now taking the bite away from them. So the biggest thing is going to be, you know, 
early on they're going to try and establish Joe Mixon, right? So your your rundown blitzing has to affect as though it's play action. You've got to attack the ball carrier as well as the quarterback and have a guy for each of them. But also let that secondary give them as much resource as possible. Don't put them in man situations early. No. Try and drop it into zone. But I think the five-man rush or four-man rush can hit home with this crew because it is the same crew. And I haven't seen that much incremental upgrades. It's just Joe's gotten smarter and quicker. But, I mean, right. guys can still be put on their back. Cordell Volson, that kid, you can still, you can still test him. Cam on him, that's my, that's my prime matchup, is going to be watching that one because he's still a rookie. He's still in diapers. Yes. Right? Yep. He, he, he has not graduated to training pants yet. Yep. He's, not a, he's not a big boy just yet. And I think that that's going to be one of my big, big things that I'm looking for initially is going to be pass rush to eliminate and neutralize three of those heads of the monster. You know, the interesting thing is you bring up Cordell Volson. He's, uh, according to Zach Taylor, he's come a long ways and he's doing well. But I was watching the tape of the morning of the game this morning, right? And there was nothing yeah. fancy. Cam just beat him up in that first rush. You know? Nothing fancy. Just a fist fight. Yeah. It, was, it was not, you know, it was two guys in a phone booth. And one of them came out of the phone booth really quick, and that was Cam after having got rid of Cordell Volson. Listen, the kid is obviously going to be a good player at some point, I'm sure. He is a good player now. He wouldn't be starting if he wasn't. But the fact of the matter is, I think this is going to be one of the keys is reestablishing Captain Cam, having that opportunity to go at him again uh, and do the same things that he did earlier. Because, again, it wasn't a quick swim. It wasn't, you know, a speed rush. It was just Cam walking him back and then discarding him like, I'm done with you, and then sacking the quarterback. I, I look for more of that, but it's like we were just you were just talking about. You've got to make hay with the four guys up front. You really do, especially if Minka is going to be down because there's situations where if Minka was up and you can go your three safety against some other things, you know, there's there's things that you can do that, I, 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 okay, great. But if you're down Minka, that's that's just – that's something that's going to hurt. Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to hurt because, like you said, Minka is is a difference maker, right? He is – he's he's one of the other prime factors – um, that allow you to be force multipliers, if that makes sense. I think I just said that correctly. I was doing math homework with my kids, so I thought I'd throw that in there today. Um, meaning he is one of the prime individuals that when you put an exponent on there with him, such as T.J. Watt, it multiplies what he can do. Um, and for him in that secondary, that, that is, and then now you add DeMonte KZ into that mix, and now you can operate out of big nickel. So that means you can operate – in any formation that they can throw at you, if all three of those guys are working the triangle um, in the secondary, and now you don't have to, you know, now you can get a now you can go with the four man line, and you can go with the with the two with two backers, and you feel good because Terrell or Demonte can go down play near in and around and near the box, right? And now it gives you that seventh man look if they do try and tighten things up, right? Um, but if they do disperse, boom, you still got guys who, who, who can activate, who can tackle, who can cover, and who can also apply pressure. That's one of the things that I like because remember, when you have those three safeties, sorry, when you have those three safeties in there, you still have Arthur Millette as the nickel as, as that other as that other nickel guy sitting in there. And you still got Cam and Levi. So 
you can you can do some some really funky things that can really mess them up that they did not get to see the first time around. Right, right. Um, but yeah, but it's all hinging on hey, what can Minka do and not do? Has has the uh, ha- has the uh, the super regenerative uh, skills taken over to heal that adamantium? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're still super going regenerative. At- I like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and because remember, he's Weapon X. He's not Wolverine, so right. that's what we're trying to get to. He's Weapon X. And um, and I think I think that's going to be a key factor. But if not, I mean, there's still things you can do because I still love some of the stuff we do with a, with a three linebacker look. You know, when you get Spillane, Miles Jack, and Devin Bush on that level, I think you can still do some things. Especially when you're talking about Spillane against Hayden Hurst. I thought he did a great job against Juwan Johnson a week ago, um, and some of the things that Hayden Hurst does along the scenes. I think Robert Spillane can keep up with that. Um, you know, this is, we're not talking about like a Cal Pitts, Jimmy Graham type of guy that that's going to be like a split out <laughs> wide and is going to burn down the middle of the field. Like he is still a very possessive possession based receiver in Hayden Hurst. Um, and your main guys that you're going to focus on are going to be the exterior guys, right? You're going to still think Tyler Boyd and company with Jamar Chase and T Higgins are going to be the primary. So now most of your guys are going to be more so numbers outside type of guys and then Tyler of course will cross in the middle but I like when we get into some of those Tampa 2 type concepts of cover three stuff Miles Jack being the guy that's dropping at depth and can and can come downhill so it's um there's some options it is it is a bit uh you know it's a bit you you want to go in with a fully loaded uh complement of assailants but you know when you don't have Minka I thought they did a good job last week but it could be such a better job if you have your full complement of guys. There's no question in my mind, you know. Minka is to the back end what T.J. Watt is to the front end. You know, I mean, that's just that's, that's right. the nature of the beast. So, you know, I, yeah, I like where we're going with this. And I, I look at the fact, yeah. you know, looking at Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon had a big oh, last week against uh, Carolina. What was it, four touchdowns, something like that? You know, 153 yards. And uh, yeah. If it wasn't last week, it was the week before or something. The guy is uh, the guy's a little bit on a tear. I look at this and uh, you know this is a great opportunity to shut him down. He's, you know, he the one thing he does do so very well all the time is bend it back. He is just a quintessential cutback runner. I think just watching him play, um, the backside backers are gonna have to really, really stay home. They're not. They can't. They can't just run arbitrarily over the top. They've, they've got to watch that ball, locate the ball, and play their gap, man, and be patient. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing is discipline, right? Um, because that's what Joe Burrow banks on. He banks on you not getting discipline. He banks on having that carrot of, oh, you beat me to the inside. You've beaten our guy to the inside. I'm just going to sit here in the pocket. Then boom, he he sneaks out the outside, and then he's finding a sideline route. Right. Um, when you look at the games where they won, outside of just being clean on the sheet, not throwing an interception, the other thing has been that he can find the he can find T Higgins on a fifty fifty jump ball. Right. Right. Jamar Chase is going to do something where he's going to get your safety in your corner in a bind and split both of them, and then there, then there's then there's a moonshot ball that comes down the middle to the seam area, right, on, on a post route. Like, those are the things that Joe Burrow really fashions himself for, right? He's looking for those big plays, but he's looking for on accounting of you not running the contained rush, 
not constricting the pocket around him, somebody freestyling, and then he's able to see that on the line while keeping his eyes downfield. He has a great sixth sense for that. So it's a – it's something that discipline is going to be key in this game, and I think our guys are, are are honed in on that because they've had to be disciplined in moments, you know, because you, <laughs> yep. when you don't have those X factors. But, Wolf, I want to step aside real fast. Because we let's are disciplined with the breakdown. too, right? <laughs> we are. We are getting disciplined. You don't have to tell me every time. I see the clock, and I'm going <laughs> to adhere to the clock. Yeah, oh, there it is. See, look, he's throwing me off. Yes, I did. I did it, Wes. <laughs> I have followed the clock, and we are going to step aside in this locker room <laughs> breakdown, and we're going to come back with more breakdown of the Cincinnati Bengals in the in the sweet meat chili sauce uh, capital of the world. That's what I'm gonna call it. It's not it's not chili. It's no, sauce. It's sauce. Um, but uh, but when we come back, we'll do that. You're in the locker room with Wolf Starks, and of course our lead ninja who doesn't believe I can follow a clock here on SNR and ESPN Radio. <laughs> Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, obviously, you feel it. Right? A few days off of surgery at the table, uh, so you feel it. But uh, I just want to keep working. Here, right? so once, once Sunday comes around, we'll see uh, how I feel. And, of course, that's the great Minka Fitzpatrick and... Um, the interesting thing is, can you see the correlation here, Max? Uh, we got the first game of the year, and uh, one of the protagonists of this epic com- uh, combat about to uh, occur this Sunday uh, is none other than Joe Burrow, who just came off a uh, appendectomy. And now <laughs> you've got Mecca, who is the protagonist or antagonist, whatever you want to call it, all right. At the other end, he's just coming off an appendectomy. I don't know. There's there's something very, I don't know, like uh, hoi polloi about this. I'm not quite sure how to frame this. Well, I mean, it's just it's just going to show. I mean, a you know who's the, who's the better doctor, uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh or Cincinnati? Um, and then secondly, you know, uh, I think whoever fares better. I mean, you know, obviously we're weighing a pick six. Uh, versus a guy who won't throw an interception, or at least four. That's his promise. He's well, not going to throw he, he's four. Promised, Remember that. Yes, yes. He's promised he won't throw four, but we will take two. Um, and that and that's still improvement. So you still it's a win win, right? When you think yes. about it, he said he wasn't going to throw four. He proved that, and then we still took the ball away twice, and we still continue with our stats. So I mean, it, it's just it's a win win for all. If we could just compromise this, just talk to Joe pregame. You know, I could walk over there like, hey, Joe, I know you said not four, <laughs> but I'm really feeling two and a possible here, like playing spades. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I feel like two books and a possible. We, we, it, it can get things done. I'm saying, and, and, you, and you, don't, you don't look like a liar. You don't look bad, but we also look really good in the process. So I think that works be- better for everybody involved. And you could at least leave the stadium, you know, with your head held high with a loss. <laughs> 
You know, the L, the, L, the L packs easier when you know when you don't lie, and we're not we don't want you to be a liar. You know, we want you to be we want you to be truthful, but you know we know that also if you throw one, you're done. So it's, yeah. it would have been easier to say oh and three. Throw any interceptions, you know. That's right. Whenever he throws an interception, they're zero and three. Okay, so I look at this and I, I think to myself, okay, one of the things that I really you got to enjoy about Joe Burrow, he's not afraid to go downtown with it. You know, this guy's got 16 career 40-plus yard TD throws to his name. He's also got 12 50-plus yard TD throws to his name career-wise. All right, um, you know that all three wide receivers, that, that trifecta of great receivers they got – each one of them is at least a 12-yard-plus average. Um, this is this is a, a throw-it-deep type of offense. These are guys that can go big. Uh, you know, I, I look at that and I go, anybody that thinks that, uh, you know, th- th- it's going to be a short throwing game, is, is you got to kind of look at things and go, these guys, don't, they don't run three-yard routes. They don't run five-yard routes. They get it unpacked and going, and they just keep going. They, they, they do. They do. But one of the greatest equalizers to that is pass rush. I'm yes. going back to it, Wolf. Yep. Pass rush. I can whisper you it, it to you. Or I can say it loud and say it proud. <laughs> say it loud pass rush. say it proud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pass rush and I don't care. You know, um, <laughs> pass rush is always the great equalizer in all of this. Um, and I think that's where you kind of have to hone in. But I think the important point to allow that pass rush to hit, you got to – you got you got to – control and own the line of scrimmage right. for the run game. Yes. You can't let Joe Mixon get going because if Joe Mixon gets, I'll say, a yard to two yards beyond the line of scrimmage before he's first contacted or first um, approached, then you got a bad day. What you have to do as a D-line, you have to press and you have to reestablish a new line of scrimmage at least one yard deep so that when he does get first contacted one yard beyond where that new one is, it's at zero, Right. I'm doing math here. I know. Right. I know. That's Wolf is confusing, <laughs> but I'm gonna yeah. kick back my up shoes the line in a moment. Back the line of scrimmage up one yard, right? By pressing into them at the yes. snap on run game, right? Yeah. So therefore, now when he feels, oh, I've gotten one yard beyond the line of scrimmage, right? The new not line of scrimmage, it's actually at zero. It's a no gain, right? When you're getting contacted, because yes. that's where Joe Mixon struggles. He 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 does well when the guys are double teaming and forcing things up, and he's able to kind of get into, you know, a crack behind the offensive lineman and then just shoot out the gates. What we did really good that first game, we reestablished the line of scrimmage. We did. He did pop a couple, but he didn't pop the big explosive plays like he did a year ago. And this is what worries me, okay? Because if you look back at – watch the film again from the first one. There's a couple times his – you know, you, you talk about jump cuts. Okay, that's the ability to come to a complete stop and jump sideways and avoid somebody and then accelerate out of that. That's one of the things he does really, really well. I have to, I you know, it's the Heinz work. Take your cap off and give it to him instead of tipping the you know the the, the cap at him. Uh, he really does a good job of putting on the brakes, getting aside, you know, stepping aside of whatever penetration and then accelerating off that jump cut. Just watching it this morning again. Um, it, it, it's, it can be almost devastating if guys do not play their gaps and stay to their gaps, especially squeezing patiently from the backside. Whether you're end man on the line, you're the backside inside linebacker, you've got to make sure that you have your run gap and you stay with it. 
Yeah, no, you absolutely do. And you can't go and try and say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna run this down from the backside, right? Yeah. Try and do the old Ole move, right, and, and come back and try and wheel around the guy. No, you've got to press into them. you got to press into that double team. Base 3-4 concepts, right, Wolf? Right. If you're a 3-4 D lineman, what are you supposed to do? you gotta, you, you got to make sure that you establish your lockout first, proper body lean, and then be able to squeeze yeah. to the ball. If you're at the point, you got to hold the point. If you're on the backside, you got to yeah. squeeze to it. All right, I'm, and I'm going to put my simple hat on and say take two with one. Take two. What do you mean? To, so, meaning as you a D lineman, you're – Oh, you're supposed team? to take two guys. Yeah, oh. you're supposed to take on the double team and let and force flow to backers. Sure. So sure, but so not, ma- yeah, not yeah. everybody can yeah. do that on every play. But not on every play. But I'm saying when it comes to the run game, and we're talking about what they like to do, which is a lot more zone, and then of course they add some man concepts into that zone. But for zone purposes, take those two and make sure the, those two become your one, right? So you can allow for your linebackers to to to, to flow freely into, in, into their assignments. So. so yeah, but no, but everything you laid out is exactly how they should be thinking. But at the base concept of those down linemen, they need to be able to take two, you especially want- if you're going to be playing <laughs> in and around that nose position. Yeah, you, uh, you know, speaking. Well, I don't want to jump mm-hmm. out of too early, but DJ Reader, I watched him this morning. This guy is a buffalo. I'm I'm not kidding you. I mean, I don't know what I, you know, they've missed him. He's he's been hurt since I don't know first, second, third week somewhere in there, but he's been on the IR, and I don't know if he's going to come off the IR. But I got to tell you, Max, that, that that guy, I was watching him pass rush somebody who was it, the Saints or I can't remember, but and two 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 plays, he took the dude back on the first one and drove the guard straight into the quarterback knocked the quarterback down with the, the, the keister of the offensive lineman. Then the second time, the very next play, he starts driving him back. The guy braces really hard. Then he push pulls and throws the guy on his face and then goes after the quarterback and splats him to the ground. DJ Reader, he, he's a big problem. Yeah. If, he, if no, he's he, going to be activated. Is. I don't know. If we he, don't know yet. Yeah. He, but, I mean, because where is – I haven't seen the practice report yet. Um. For for the last two days, right? But they they say he's let's see. Zach Taylor was saying at the beginning of the week, it, he's optimistic that he'd be ready to go. Blah blah blah. They started the window on him and everything else. Um, like I said, it it may be a bigger window. <laughs> you might need a bigger window yeah. with this guy. He's a real beefalo. But uh, just watching him, I, I was looking and go, wow! I forgot how impressive this dude was. Yeah, no, I mean, and no, he, he, both him and BJ Hill do a tremendous job when they, when right. he, when they're in there. And Josh Tupo and, does too. Two, yeah, Tupo's the change-up guy. I'll, I'll give Tupo that, but Tupo gets tired very easily. Like, he he does. doesn't have the stamina of the other two. <laughs> um, let's just, let's just be honest. I'd like to see him at Thanksgiving dinner. I'll bet you that dude has some remarkable recuperative abilities. Oh, oh no! His endurance is unquestioned when he's in a seated <laughs> position. I mean, let, let's let's not let's not fancy that. But when he has to move consistently, that that's where that's where the uh, the endurance gets a little challenged and a little questionable. <laughs> you know, I'll bet you, I'll bet you that, that guy he could. He, you might have to Narcan him after having too much turkey. You know, <laughs> he just, yeah. he might that tryptophan may get a little overloaded in him. Yeah, you might need, you might need, just hit him with the stem shot. You know what I'm saying? Just a little, <laughs> s- s- 
just straight right there, straight right there into the chest. Just go straight, right, right into the heart. You know, <laughs> pump, pump them full of adrenaline. Um, but, but you know, I think the biggest thing, and and here's where I'm going to give our offensive line credit. From that first game to where they're at now, I think they can handle it as long as they as long as they're doing what they've been doing, right? Mm-hmm. The understanding the you me. I know I know we kind of went on a tangent earlier this week right. about the you me and everybody pointing fingers at each other, but I think they do a better job now of feeling through a lot of those plays yeah. um, and being able to stay on those double teams a lot tighter. Where DJ and where BJ usually get you is the indecision, right? When that backer is just sitting there stacked with them, where it's a, it's an either or go. Um, but the way that our running backs are running it, that if they're going to bang it up in there, it almost becomes natural the wall that they're creating. So center overtakes as left guard comes off or vice versa as they're working front side. If it is one where it's a cutback, it's because that linebacker feels that and he jumps over the top. I think they've had a good job of being patient before they make that decision because the the way that the run game works, especially when you're running any of that zone concept, mm-hmm. you have to get to you have to press to the line of scrimmage right. and then make the cutback. Right. You know, Najee was trying to dance and make the cutback in the backfield where everybody could still see him. Right. So guys could make decisions, and then the linemen they don't know what's going on behind them. So one of them jumps out too soon, and now the double team split. I think they're doing a better job of staying meshed up a little bit longer, that tick, tick and a half longer <clears throat> to where they can be in a better position to block those guys. But DJ and BJ, they're going to press the issue. If there is a crack between the shoulders, as guys are working together on a double team, even in man concept, right, if you're double teaming to the backside backer um, to allow for any of the counter, the trap stuff, um, they're better at staying shoulder to shoulder longer. They take it about two, three yards, which is where you want to be um, most more often than not. If you get two, if you get three yards, you're cooking with something, right? On a double team, you get a guy going oh, three man. yards off the ball. Well, you can put the cooking. keister of that guy into the into the second level backer. You know exactly. He, you, you know you got because, that, that big old keister coming at you. You know if you're the linebacker, you're like, I got to move. <laughs> I got to do something. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I got to do it. It's like Ricky Bobby's daddy. It's like, ah, it's feeling too much like a good time. Ah, I got to mess it up. Don't want any more onions. I told you no onions on my Salisbury steak. <laughs> they get a little itchy. Get a little itchy. And I think that's where the offensive line has to continue to be kind of that annoyance yep. to those big guys and consistently put two bodies on them because over time they don't want – that constant contact. They want the one-on-ones. And where they get those one-on-ones is if they can stop you once and now you're in second and long, right? You're behind the sticks. You're off schedule. And then now we get one-on-one. Now they're even more disruptive in the middle, right? Because all they're doing is blowing up field. Oh, man. But if you can get them to those situations where they make a decision, like I said, they start to play undisciplined wolf, right, and jump into that outside gap, that's when you're going to see big plays pop. Because I feel like – Jalen and Najee are are primed. They had both of them had both had explosive plays in the run game against the Saints. That's a smaller crew, but this is a bigger Beefalo crew, and I think there that that's more room for those those big plays because because the smaller guys think out of position, they'll run down from behind. Right. right, they can they can recover and retrace. Whereas the bigger guys, you know, it's like a semi. You know, you see that sign when you're behind a semi and you're about to get to an intersection it says wide right turns. Like, that's what I look at when I see the big 300-plus D tackles. Like, uh, watch out. It's, it's going to take a while. 
You want me to do a full circle? I don't know if I can do a full circle. I can give you a semicircle. Um, <laughs> and that's where that that's where they have to be disciplined on this. But Wolf, I'm going to do this again because without a cue, we are going to go to break and we're going to continue to break down this run game and these big guys. More of the front four to linebacking core when we come back here in the Ooh, locker like room. That. Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was good. I clapped when we came out of the tunnel. You know, I was like, hey, all right. You know, and that, 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 that's always good. I, I hope nobody saw that, but, you know, I was like, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's good. It's good to have them back, and it does. It, it affects you, you know, when, when you get – when you don't have one of your better players out, it's always good for for the for the team when you have him back in there. Uh, it, it, it does. It boosts morale. It's like anything. You always want to have your best players out there fighting with you, fighting, you know, to get the win that you're trying to get. And, and so it was good to have him out there, and I think it was a really big boost for all of us. Defensive coordinator Terrell Austin laying it down. Yes, it is good to have T.J. Watt back. And it's okay, Terrell. Yes, you want to enjoy it. Yeah, you got to be thrilled by it. It's like the great Dick LeBeau once said to me, he said, I can't believe, or he said, the number of people that told me how much a smarter defensive coordinator I got when, he said, when I got Rod Woodson, Darren Perry, and uh, who else was it back there? Um, Carnell. Oh, Carnell, Carnell Lake. Lake, yes. <clears throat> Thank you very much. But he said, You're I was welcome. so much smarter <laughs> when I got those guys, you know, back in the in the lineup. And they go, Yeah. Yeah, because those are great players, and of course that is what T.J. Watt is. And I know that uh, you know he he is the rising tide that floats all boats. I think defensively on the front end, certainly he's a big help, of course, to Alex Highsmith, who you know Alex has got five sacks when the two of them are in the lineup. But still, it does not negate the great work that Alex has been doing all along. But certainly the two of them together, plus the other two, as Ogan Joby and uh, and Captain Cam. It's that foursome has got to be big this weekend. Now the foursome absolutely has to be big, and I think that's you know what you get. What you got to hope for is that they they can continually press the issue, that they can continually put that pressure so that it gives you more flexibility on the back end. It's going to be bad if I need to send six to 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 free up for for that yes. you know for the five that are blocking. That's where you get into problems. And now it's the one-on-ones on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And, yes, it can last for a play or two, but if that's the only way you can operate because you're not getting consistent pressure on Joe Burrow, that's going to be a long day. That's going to be a bad day in the books, right? So that's where you're hoping TJ, Alex, Cam, Joby, and company, those front four can give you the pressure that's necessary on Joe Burrow so that you can drop seven. You can have guys playing in zones, and now the windows become tighter. I know Joe Burrow's good at finding tight windows, right, you know, in his passing game. But you do it over and over again, that four number starts to look larger, right? Yes. (laughs) Because you do have guys who ball hawk like Cam Sutton, like Levi Wallace, like a Minka, like a DeMonte KZ, right? They're seeking the ball out. 
and they and once you run a couple of concepts for them, locked into their memory, right? And that's what you want. You want to get him into lulling him into feeling comfortable uh, with with discomfort. Obviously, you want to make him feel comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, I said that right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Who, who is that? The uh, the great uh, psychiatrist. My my job is to make the patient uncomfortable. <laughs> it was. Oh yeah. yeah. It was N- Nitschke, the linebacker from Green Bay. <laughs> oh. Nitschke, Jesus. You said the great therapist. Yeah, Nietzsche. That's who it is. That's okay. Yeah. Qu- quoting Nietzsche with Nitschke. You know, <laughs> you know, one time I was on a cruise with, with, with uh, you know, they had a whole bunch of uh, NFL legends, and then there's, you know, uh, us players that were – but they had the, the kind of the NFL royalty, and they had uh, the concrete Charlie, uh, you know, from the Eagles – uh, they had uh, Ray Nitschke, all these these older guys, you know, that played back in the '60s and everything. It was just tremendous. And uh, I was sitting with Pierce Holt at one table, and uh, I fired a a, a, sh- a shrimp tail over at him <laughs> across the oh, table, geez. and he fired a <laughs> ice cube back, and it went over my shoulder because I ducked, and it landed Mrs. Nitschke's soup. <laughs> and Ray got up, and Ray's like, "Hey, hey, fellas!" I'm like, and I'm pointing at Pierce across the table. Ray, there, there's the guy. That's who you want. <laughs> this guy did it. This guy, it wasn't me. Just letting you know. Letting you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Direct all complaints to uh, to that guy over there. Yeah, yeah. he's he's responsible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's not he, me. He was he was making us uncomfortable at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, you don't want to go because it's just how I felt when uh, when Randall McDaniel, right? Oh yeah, when, when Randall was we we had been we were at a uh, NFL Legends event, right? And it's uh, it's during um, uh, Combine. Okay, we're out for Combine, and so I, I'm there covering it. I was a, I was a Legends captain one year uh, with the O line group, so I got there early, and so they had a little Legends event, so I stopped in. And uh, Randall, you know, been enjoying himself. Yes, um, at I'm the. Sure. Uh, I know Randall the, uh, played with Randall for a couple of years. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. So you know, and, and Randall, you know, he looked at me and he kind of stared. I'm like, oh crap, what the heck did I do? You know, because <laughs> Randall has a very, very distinct scowl yeah. uh, on his mm-hmm. face. Um, and, and obviously, I know that he's sitting with it with a with with some brown water. So I'm like, uh oh. I was like, is this a flashback? Is this a PTSD <laughs> moment? He walks up to me. He's like. Are you Joey's nephew? I was like, oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> Woo. Yes, I am. Absolutely. Hey, how are you? Oh, and he was telling great. me the story about the first time when he got there as a rookie, um, how he, he, he was admiring my, uh, my Uncle Joey. Jo- Uncle Joey has a pony cleats that he oh, really okay. liked. And yeah. so, you know, he, he he was not a touted, you know, um, draftee at the time. And so he was just saying, you know, I was like, I got these shoes, man, but I loved it. Your uncle's your uncle's pony cleats, oh, and yeah. we wore the same size. And he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, I was talking with your uncle. He was like, hey, you know, it was like, hey, what's going on? He's like, man, you know, my cleats aren't there. He's like, man, but you got some nice ones. He was like, my uncle took them right off his feet and handed them. Said, here you go, I got another pair. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest. And he, and he, and he was just like, he was just like, man, your uncle, man, I loved him, man. That was just the type of person he was, and that was just cool. I'm nobody at the time as a rookie. And he took the time out, and he gave me a pair of cleats, man. I, so I'll, I'll always remember. So he was coming to tell me that story, but the scowl before that, yeah, I didn't know what I didn't know what to expect, and I was like, "Listen, I'm just, you know, just just look look down and away, you know, don't make direct eye contact." 
Exactly. I was like, well, you know, it's like, you know, it's like with, with, with a bear, right? You just stand still, just stand still. Don't let the bear know, and just act confident in your power. And, well, but we, yeah, that's we how better go, buddy. We're getting, we're pressing up against a hard break. First of all, I didn't get. I'm blaming Wes. Wes, I didn't I get didn't my one no minute bell. warning. Yeah, exactly. See, thank you. I mean, I was waiting for the one minute, but Wolf, I get it. The internal clock kicks off. So, you know what? Because I can't that, over that's the old guy in me. You know what I mean? It's the old guy. Just, yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. You know what, old guy? We're going to wake you up with the power hour coming up next <laughs> here in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio. <laughs> 